today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Karim uh, Baratov, the uh, Canadian citizen from Ancaster, uh, the young man uh, with the fancy cars and all of that stuff, uh, has been uh, requested for extradition to the U.S. over alleged ties to that 2014 Yahoo data breach that saw over 500 million accounts improperly accessed. These included journalists and politicians. Uh, the question is, what might obstruct Baratov from being extradited? Uh, and what kind of penalty could he face? Uh, we have uh, Joseph Nurberger on. He's a criminal defense lawyer uh, with Nurberger and Partners uh, Law Firm in Toronto. Joseph, thanks for being with us this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. This uh, Baratov story, first of all, let's let's talk about extradition uh, yep. Is this a fait accompli that, yep. you know, the U- it is. The U.S. wants them, we're handing them over. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to do a, a ton of extradition work, and um, really the strategy that I would employ, unless it was a jurisdiction where their um, system of justice is very questionable. So if you're dealing with a third-world country where there's issues with respect to death penalty or um, evidentiary practices which are truly suspect. Those are cases where you may have charter challenges and other arguments to try and prevent extradition. Uh, also, if somebody's charged in Canada in what might be a multi-jurisdictional type of case, would there be some duplicity in the charges? Other than that, um, if you're extraditing to somewhere like the United States or the UK, generally by now, since he's had his bail hearing, the case uh, to base extradition would be well prepared and have been provided to the Department of Justice in Canada. So he's entitled to an extradition hearing, but the the actual threshold to commit him is a fairly low threshold. And then once committed, uh, the individual who is sought for extradition uh, will then make submissions to the Minister of Justice. It's in very rare circumstances the Minister of Justice will ever deny extradition then the, the person can have a right of appeal to the Court of Appeal, so they can prolong the process somewhat. But um, except in very rare circumstances, uh, people who are sought in Canada for uh, other jurisdictions that have legitimate uh, systems of justice, they get extradited. What's going to happen to this guy when he does? Well, I don't know the full extent of the evidence against him in the United States, but this type of stuff is very serious. And you, you can see from the media plays from the United States the concerns about any type of cyber attacks or uh, activities that involve Russian intelligence or agents on behalf of Russia. And this gentleman down in the United States could be looking at a prolonged trial um, and also, if, if convicted of any number of these indictments, could be looking at um, well over double-digit sentence in the United States. So this is a very, very serious matter. I, I, I wonder, as a... As a rank amateur armchair observer of, of all of these matters, and you, of course, being an expert on them, if, um, you know, if what is happening in the United States uh, now uh, is something that will slow a process down for a guy like uh, Baratov uh, so that he's kind of in the system down there, once he's extradited, he's in the system, uh, and he's just kind of held, and he's just held and held and held while they kind of get their act together down there or fall further apart the way they seem to be doing. It, it doesn't look good for this guy either way, right? Well, I, I can say this because I have experience with cases in the United States. Yeah. So I can tell you their system is, is quite um, swift. 
It's much more swift than Canada. Really? And, oh, yeah. And I, and I will say this also. I much Canadians don't realize uh, how better our system in Canada is than the United States because in Canada, we're entitled to what we call full disclosure. So we get very detailed, voluminous materials from the prosecution authorities in order to defend a case. In various jurisdictions in the United States, their rules of disclosure are limited and time-limited. So you may not get access to all the information you need in a timely fashion, but the process is not held up. It is expedited. Uh, in certain cases, even complex fraud cases, which I've had experience on in the U.S., you can get to trial within a year. So it can move very fast. And whatever is going on through the uh, Department of Justice investigations in the United States or the Senate or Congress or whatever about ties with Russia and, and the uh, president, that has nothing to do with this case. This gentleman will go down and he'll have to have some attorney there. Either he'll get appointed a federal uh, public defender's office, which is generally pretty good in the United States, and it will move along. And, you know, as a strategy to employ sometimes, rather than... The other thing listeners have to understand is when a Canadian is held uh, in Canada pending extradition, the time that he spends in custody here does not count towards any penalty he may receive in the U.S. So if somebody fights extradition here and drags it out for a year and a half to two years, and they remain in custody, that doesn't lessen any sentence in the United States. So sometimes in cases that I've had, we've employed a strategy to hire a U.S. lawyer immediately for the client, so we apply resources to that, get them transferred to the United States so that they can begin defending themselves. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.